As much as I've been raised in a community of strong single women, I have never been a strong single woman. So I have to learn how to do that. Failure at 40. At that moment, and just going through saying hello to everyone, I realized that I have every single thing that I've wanted at 40. Failure at 40. Failure at 40 challenges the notion of failure and redefines what success looks like to you. Who says if you haven't reached all of your goals by 40 that you are not a success? Failure at 40 interviews, debates and discusses the reality of turning 40 in modern Britain. Welcome to Failure at 40. Welcome back to Failure at 40. I'm Renee the producer. And I'm Shelley the life coach. And today we're speaking to Sham Lawrence. Sham is a positive behaviour coach. She's 40, divorced, has two kids and lives in South London. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sham. Welcome to Failure at 40. Winnie's a producer here on Failure at 40. I'm Shelley, life coach. It's a pleasure to have you today. Thank you very much. Hi, Winnie. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for being on with us today, Sham. So we were just kind of looking at what did you imagine 40 would look like to you? Oh, I had a whole picture. I had like a huge picture in my head from the age of 19. I always knew exactly what it was. And I had literally like one of those people that do to, like to-do lists every year. Every new year, there was a resolution plan for the year. And I followed it through every single year. Um, so my picture was what I envisaged was going to be something that I didn't see very often in my life, which was the husband, the wife, the 2.4 children, the three-bedroom house with a garden, the nice house. I had a career. My husband had a career. And literally, that was the dream for me. That is exactly what I thought 40 would be like. I'd be traveling all the time because by 40, the kids would be big. I was like, this is going to be absolutely amazing. So for me, that was the dream. And I was like working towards that the whole time. So you knew from 19. Yes. That's nuts. I, I think at 19, I just thought I'd be an old woman at 40. I didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't really think about what I'd be doing. Where, where do you think all of that came from? That, that old vision board that you put together? It came from my mum's Mills and Boons collection. Do you remember Mills and Boons books? I do. Yeah. <laughs> my mum had a whole bookcase of every single Mills and Boons book. And, you know, we used to have this little library. I don't know if you ever um, had it when you were younger, but the library that used to come around in a little van would drive into yeah. the area and you'd go, Oh my yeah. God, the mobile yeah. library. Yeah. Amazing. Like I used to like go to the mobile library and I literally would go there and literally always continue to keep getting books. And I was just like, oh, these books are so boring. And about, I think I was probably about 15. And I was like, oh, I just need grown up books now. These books are rubbish. I think Judy Bloom was the favorite. Judy Bloom. That was what they gave us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was the one. I think it was um, Andrew, Adrian Mole. Do you remember Adrian Mole? The diary yes. of yes. Adrian Mole. The diary of a teenage. And then I was and like, this is I'm just way too mature for these books now. And so my mom had a whole bookcase of these books. And I just, she never read them. They were just there like encyclopedias. I don't know why <laughs> she had them. And I just started reading them and I went through the whole collection and it was just like, they made love by the fireplace on a shag pile. <laughs> and they were mad. It was like, for me, yeah. I was like, oh, this is my life. This is what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so I planned my life to be around a Mills and Boone's situation. It was like, you know, he's going to kiss me on the forehead as he leaves to work and I'm baking bread. Like it was that kind of... <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah. yes <laughs> yes I can definitely identify I definitely identify and how did that lead into your actual journey of life um it went pretty on track until <laughs> it went on track until probably around 31 is when it's it wasn't on track anymore and um and I was like oh man I need to fight for this I need to fight for the dream like I'm so close the only thing we have left to do is buy a house let me just get this man to fix up like that's where it was and so um I was with my 
ex-husband since we were 17. So we met at 17. We had a brief break when um, his last year of uni, then we went, got back together and we kind of just planned everything. Like, what do we want to achieve? How do you want to achieve it? What's the career you want? What's the career you want? Or well, if we're going to have children, you know, you need to focus on something that's going to, you're going to be able to work around the children. So I started working in education um, and we literally planned every aspect of our lives. We went on holidays with, with our friends who also had a child the same age as us, like, it was like mm. exactly how um, what people strive to do, what they say is the dream, is, is how we were living. Um, and when it got to, we got married at 30, he was 31. And it's just something just didn't feel right at the time. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I wasn't in a rush to get married because I always knew it was something we were going to do. But I was like, okay, I feel like we should just get all the things that we want to get first and then finish off. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he was like, oh, you know, no, let's have a baby first and no, let's get married first. And I was like, hmm, okay, but you know, this is going to cost us, like, you know. He was like, no, it's fine, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, so we got married, but he really wasn't in it. Something was going on and he was in conflict with himself a lot of the time. So one minute he would be like in his own thoughts and um, just, distant and another moment he would be all in all in back to normal um and at the time I didn't really know what it was for me I was like it's another woman obviously um but for him he would say it was that he was really struggling with what, what he wanted what the dream was the dream actually what he wanted mm. and he yeah. wasn't sure that that's what he wanted anymore like he felt like he missed out on the playboy lifestyle, you know, the Ibiza trips, the festivals and all that kind of stuff. By the way, I found this all out after we split because there was none of that talking before. Um, and so... Who's, we, whose dream was it? Was, was it your dream well, and you were just was, taking him along for the ride? I, that's the thing. <laughs> so I thought that it was our dream. Mm. Because when I started to look at the things that had inspired me for this particular dream, we had spoken about it together. Right. And so I assumed it was our dream. But actually, I think he didn't have a dream. And so he just went along with mm. the dream that everybody else looked up to. And also, all his friends weren't living the same life that we were living. And so a lot of them were single or they had girlfriends that they regularly tooted on or partying and lots of stuff like that. And he could always do it, but I think he felt like he couldn't because as a married man, you can't really go out and do these kind of things. So, yeah, so I guess it was my dream and he didn't really have a dream. He just felt that this was the dream. Like this is the dream that everyone has. So why would I not yeah. want it? So, yeah. yes, so that, I think that was it. He did say that to me, actually. He did say to me later on off down the line that um, he never really, he just, he felt pressured because he was living the life everybody else wanted. Hmm. So, That's yeah. interesting. Really interesting, yeah. Really I, only because he is able to see it from the other side, I guess, where mm. everybody else is looking at him thinking, that's what we're all aspiring to. He's like, yeah. no, I, I just want to go to festivals. <laughs> and I want to party and I'll be with you. <laughs> I don't know what this great dream's all about. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I think because maybe he, his friends weren't doing that, they might have looked up to him in, in a way. So I think they, I think, I don't really know. I don't think it's a conversation he had with them. It's only after we split um, and we went through a period of time where it was a really struggle for us to balance the new situation. And when we came through the new situation, I think he didn't realize that a lot of those friends, he's no longer that close to anymore because they now lived a lifestyle that he was already in. Right. And he's now still like, you know, the, the playboy just kind of seeing how everything goes and so he now is kind of, and I don't think he has regrets because I think he's still finding himself at 41 I don't think he's actually found exactly what it is that he's looking for and and how did that impact you it didn't 
I'm, I'm very, um, I can be very dismissive. Once I've made a decision that this is right for me, I move on. And for me, I was like, okay, I've done everything I can possibly do to save my marriage. It's not happening. And so I'm moving on. I had an exit strategy as well. I literally, (laughs) if you guys, if you guys knew me really, (laughs) um, I had an exit plan. I have like a plan for everything. That's how I get through life. But I think that's, I've I've figured out that that's how I deal with my anxiety. I, I need to have a plan in place. And so when I knew things were going bad and I was trying and he wasn't responding, my next thing was right. How am I going to be able to survive by myself? How do I do the single mother thing? I'm a part timer. Um, we live a lifestyle that I'm not going to be able to keep up by myself. Um, how do I do this? And so I went into literally uh, creating strategies for my exit. Well, how early on did you start doing that in, when you understood what the road was? Um, about, about a year before we actually split. So about a year before we split, I was like, okay. How long okay. were you guys married for? How, how long were you married? We were married at this time for three years. And this we've been like, together for we've been together like 10. Like, yeah, <laughs> more, more than that. Yeah, nearly 18. Altogether, it was nearly 18 years. So, mm, um, so you were together for 10 years before you got married? And then. So from 17 to 30, because I got married at 30. So we were together for 13 years. Right. We got married. And then we split. Or we started thinking about splitting at 33. But then we actually split when I was just before I was 34. Wow. So the, 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 it's really strange because I feel like I'm the only one. That, so when we first got married, there was something weird. About a year later, I kind of discovered that he was talking to somebody inappropriately. Um, the whole family came together. We decided, he decided he wanted to make it work and he had been inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. We did. Things were amazing for like a year, like really amazing. We then had our second daughter and I had a new lease of life. I had, was working in my own business. I was like focused and stuff. And, and then he just kind of started falling off again. Mm. And at that yeah. point, at that point, I was like, okay, this is, this is not going to survive. I did everything I could. It's not going to survive. So I kind of pushed myself forward in terms of my career and started creating an exit strategy. And yeah, and I think that would have been in December. And then we basically talked about splitting in May. Um, but we then, and we then lived together from May to December. That must have been a really difficult time for you to go from being this model couple that everyone thought was goals where you're married and, and you're living the dream to then realizing actually it's not a dream and we have to tell everyone that this, yeah. this isn't what it seems. Yeah, definitely. Did, did that have a big impact on, on you guys deciding whether you stay together or, or split up? Did, did the kind of external influences affect uh, your choice? No, no. Um, it's, it, it did. I wanted it to work. But at the point where I realized this is, this is back and forth. As I said, I'm very, I'm very dismissive. I, I know that if this is not going to work, I'm over it. I figured it out and I'm over it. And for me, I was over it. I just was like, I'm just not going to do this. And there's one thing my younger brother said to me and I was speaking to him and I said, I'm going to just tell you everything that's been happening because nobody knows everything. And I told him everything. And he said, you're way too fly for this. Your brother said that. That's a real response. That's the real response. He said, you're way too fly for this. And I was like, and then I I wrote a blog. And that was, that was it. I wrote a blog and I put it out onto, onto Facebook. I shared it on Facebook. And I got so much response from it. Because I literally just talked about the separation period and what happens and how you have to rebuild and all this kind of stuff. And I then started going back to um, training, doing different trainings and yeah. And then I just kind of got my groove back. Mm, Absolutely. But the process was so hard. The process of going from as much as I've been raised in a community of strong single women, I have never been a strong single woman. 
So I had to learn how to do that. And everyone makes it seem so easy. And they go, oh, it's just the hardest thing in the world. But at the end of the day, you know, you're looking good and everything looks well and there doesn't seem to be any struggle. So I was in complete shock at how difficult the process really was. Yeah, yeah. And and did you find that that impacted your view of your dream? Yes and no. Um, I felt like my dream, I, it took me a long time because I was really resentful about him messing up my dream, to be fair. And I felt like because of you, I don't have what I plan to have. It's your fault. Like you did this. And I did that for a long time. A, a long mm. time I was just like, I would have had everything by now. I would have done everything I wanted to do and you just messed it up kind of thing because you don't know where you are in life. And I literally was like, who does this kind of thing? And I was so resentful for a long time. Um, and I just used to write a lot about it. I just used to put pen to paper and then literally just write all the time. Anytime I was feeling emotional about something, I would just write it down. And sometimes I'd put it out and sometimes I wouldn't. So that's kind of like how I went through that process. And literally, like I said, I just planned everything, everything that I needed to do and how I was going to do it. And what was that new plan? The new plan was money. That was a new plan, to be, to be honest. The new plan was I need to be able to continue, my, my daughters to be able to continue living a specific lifestyle. Um, that they've lived before. I don't want them to feel like because daddy's not here that, um, that basically they're going to suffer for it. Um, and so I wanted to make sure at this point I hadn't pushed my career because my career was secondary to the family. When you're building an empire, there's somebody at the top making the money and the other person that's making sure that everything else is straight. And so I had to then propel in my part-time career and say, right, it's time to go full-time. Are they able to take me on full-time? What's the training I need to do? And literally had to go through that process of developing myself as a full-time member of staff and also basically the side hustle and building the side hustle. And yeah, that was, that was the plan. The plan was side hustle and employment and get, that, get my money up. And what toll did that new life sort of take on you? Because now you're you know, a single superpower, you know, managing it all. And what impact did that have on you? It was just really tiring. It was really, really tiring. Um, but I also saw that, I saw what my daughters got from it. Like they felt that I was superwoman. And I never overindulged. One of the things I didn't, I went for a period of being broke. Like when I say broke, I'm talking about broke. Like where, when you go to the supermarket, you have to add up the stuff to make sure that you don't go over and get embarrassed at the till. Yeah. It's one of the, yes. it, was, yes. it was that kind of thing. And it was also that, I was like, okay, so I now have to, like, I was, I was hiding it like that I was broke. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, I wasn't letting people know and, and I was just, like, not accepting help, not asking for help. And I was just like, you know something? I'm broke. <laughs> like, I'm broke, actually. Um, guys, I, I need help here. Help. Like, Someone help me. Like, and everyone's like, they had no clue. They didn't even know that I was struggling. They didn't know that I was even depressed about my marriage breakdown. Like, how could you not know? For me, it was like, just kind of like, this is where I'm at. This is what I need kind of thing. And really my friend was like, are you not applying for tax credits? I was like, what? She goes, babe, like when you're working full time, you're entitled to this and blah, 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 blah. And whatever, whatever. you're a single person. So it will top up your this. And my daughter was a nursery at the time. And her dad wasn't, we had made an agreement on how much she was going to pay and he would, didn't pay the full amount. Um, and it was just a struggle because I didn't want to then go through the court system and the child, the child all that. I didn't want to mess that up. I, didn't, I just was like, okay, let me just get this on. And so I did the whole, I signed up for tax credits, made things much easier. And then I just propelled the business that's what, I what, did. Was, what was the business the business was coaching so I started coaching um I started talking about what I knew best which is goals and how to achieve them how to plan how to execute um and how to ensure that nothing gets in your way and thinking about the barriers and the fears and how we do to, uh, what do we need to do to push past that so that's basically what I was doing at that point 
Was that a healing strategy for you? Um, or a coping mechanism? Uh, at the time, the business? at the time, no. I didn't see it as that at the time, but looking back at it, it really definitely helped me to move forward. Mm. But at oh, the time, that wasn't it. At the time, it was like, this is my side hustle. I need to focus on my side hustle now because before I was just doing bits and pieces. I was like, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to run some workshops because I love to teach. And this is what I'm good at. This is what I know. And let's get out and go and do that. And yeah, and that's what I did. I, I want to get in, get a, a bit into the space where you was at when you realised you was getting divorced, um, mm-hmm. despite the whole kind of vision that you built for yourself and, and what your, mm-hmm. your 40 was going to look like. You're now 34. Was it 34? Yeah. Even, yes, you're 34. You, yeah. You've had to admit defeat in a way in terms of the mm-hmm. picture you're building. You're going to be divorced. You're going to be a single mum. You're going to have to now change your whole career strategy so you can work full time. Like This whole shift in who you are as a woman, who you are as a mother, a wife, and all of that had to change. Yeah. How did that make you feel in terms of your own self-worth, how people were now perceiving you, looking at you, like having to go through all of that and become this new person that you are now? Mm. How, how was that transition for you? Uh, it's really hard to put into words. It's, it was, I literally just, I went from, I think it was one day, one, one specific day and it was a really busy day at work. And then I came, I, I came, I picked up my daughter from nursery. I drove to my friends that picked up my other daughter from school. I picked them up. I brought them home. I did the dinner. I put them to bed. I got on the phone to a client and then I literally put the phone down to the client and I went downstairs and I started tidying up the kitchen because I've got work the next day. And I don't know what time it was, but it was at that moment. And I put on some music to kind of encourage me to like um, get the, the dishes done um, as you do dance around the kitchen. And I was really feeling the tune. I was dancing around the kitchen as I was tidying up. And at that moment, I just stopped and I literally broke down. Like I'm talking real dramatic, like in the movies when you slide down the side of the wall. Like I literally did that whole thing. And I just sat there and I was crying and I was like, why, why am I sitting here crying? But I just needed that to go. I needed it to go. He needed mm. release. Yeah. And I was just like, because I hadn't even stopped to really grieve the situation, grieve the old life. Yeah. I had just gone, let's go, let's go, let's go. I hadn't stopped at all. And in that moment, it was like it just all got on top of me. I had to, I had to stop and give myself a moment to just let it all out. Mm, and I purge. just sat there and I cried. And then I, and then I literally was, I think I was cross-legged against <clears throat> the cupboard. And um, like I'm talking, when I'm talking crying, I's talking, you know that the, thing. And then, and then I actually started getting embarrassed that I was sitting here crying, a really ugly cry. And, um, and I was just like, okay, cool. And at that moment, I just felt, okay, let's finish the dishes. I just got up and wiped my face, and I got on with the dishes. And I can say from that moment, I just felt so much lighter. Yes. I felt so much lighter. It wasn't necessarily the dream anymore. It was just that it was the world of the unknown. I knew that I could create a new dream. I knew that I could create a new vision. It was just, that is all I had known. Yeah. For my whole adult life. So I had no other concept of, I've seen it, but to live it and to actually, it was so busy. Like I didn't, I was so busy with trying to do two jobs and the children most of the time. You know, I had no one to help me with the children. It was just me. Um, My mum lives in congestion zone. And so it was just like, you know, this, (laughs) I mean, it's a lot. Um, But that day, I I never felt, I just felt so light. And I just got up and just got everything done. And I just kind of just started to, make sure I took more time, more time for self-care, which is what I'm always on about now, which is self-care. Um, and what, what was that self-care that you took more time? Time. Yeah. It was just time for myself. It was actually appreciating time for myself. Um, 
And that was it. Like I literally, every time they went to their dads, I made sure that one of those days, Saturday or Sunday, was hair, nails, wax. And, you know, I just went out with friends. I spent that time or I'd spend the day. I'd always have a, 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 a day where I would literally just sit in bed and eat food in bed, like not bath till really late and literally watch trash TV all day. And that to me was self-care. Like the ability to be able to watch a TV program from start no to finish. <laughs> yeah. I know you know. <laughs> <laughs> cup like, of tea was my thing. Having a whole cup of tea that didn't go cold. That was yeah. my thing. I could never have a whole cup of tea without going cold. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So yeah, so that was, that transition was really tough. But I think after that moment, I was like, okay, you just got to pull yourself together. This is what they mean when they talk about the single mum being superwoman. Just pull yourself together. You're going to do it. You're going to have to do it. I had no choice. You had right. no choice. Right, definitely. And you did do it. Yes, did. I did. A- absolutely. I did. So you're 40 now. Yes, fabulous so, 40. Looking very fabulous, I must yes, say. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> So, so how does 40 look in comparison to that, that picture that you built at 17? Do you know something? The picture is actually not much different. The picture that of me and what I am doing and my life is not much different. Like everything else, like now I talk about goals quite a lot. And so everything else that I had set as a goal were outside of me, not within me. Right. And does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Well, like definitely. Every time, every time I set goals, it's always like I want. At that point in my life, it was like I want a marriage, I want a children, I want, I want a car, I want this. But I never really stopped to think about how do I want to feel at forty. Hmm. Like, yes. What is the yes. life like? I will say now to people, what is the lifestyle like? What is not just about the things that you own or possess? But what do you feel? What do you want to feel? And so now I focus a lot more on feeling more than anything. And then, but my lifestyle is not any different now other than the fact that I don't own property. Hmm. And I think you've hit, hit it on, on the head in terms of quite often we're, we're defined by what we've got, you know, yeah. um, and what we, what we do, you know, things that are outside, you know, of the person of self. You know, but when you start looking at what well, actually, how do I want to feel? How do I want to think? How do I want to show up? You know, in society, uh, that's things that aren't really pushed. Yeah. You know, you know, but are are part of us. If anything, they're fundamentals. Mm. So I think it's a really strong point that you're raising there that is often missed by the everyday person. Yeah. So tell us a bit about what it looks like now. How old are your girls? How old are your two kids? I have a 15-year-old, I have a 7-year-old, so she'll be 8 soon, um, and my 15-year-old will be 16 soon. My two little angels. And what else has happened for you at 40? Um, I'm in a new relationship. Well, it's not new anymore, I guess. I mean, I guess, I don't know, it seems, I say new, but for people they say it's not new, but I say that because I'm used to, I'm used to such a long relationship. Um, but I've been in a relationship now for two and a half years, nearly three years, um, with a new partner. Mm-hmm. Um, he has two children. So we have, I have two girls, he has two boys. And we're a blended family at this present moment. And like, that is good. Like, it's mayhem. Um, but life, life is good. Like, I can't, I, for me, it's, it's about how I feel emotionally. And where I am on an emotional level is, is not a place that I have felt before. Hmm. And what's the difference? What is that that new difference? It's just a feeling of being able to be free. I feel I feel like I'm not as much as I still have goals and I still have things that I want to achieve. Me as a person, who I am, is not dependent on those things. Right. And so for me, it's kind of like, well, how do I feel about that? That's just that's just more important to me. Like how how do I feel about that? Because how we respond emotionally to things is actually really controlling. Um, it controls our mental health. And for me, I just felt like all these other things are secondary to self. And so my whole focus is on what am I doing for self? How do I feel? How do I want my children to feel? Like, you know, that's more important to me. 
how do you feel and what's it more important than? I feel, I feel happiness. I feel contentment. I feel fulfilled. I don't, I just don't feel like there's anything that I'm missing. I think before when I was thinking about my plans and what I was doing, I always felt like I was missing something. So I had to get to the next thing. Now, when I think about my goals, I don't feel like anything is missing. It's just something I want to achieve. Not that, okay, it's not completing me. You know, like sometimes you're like, this is going to complete me. I kind of felt that that's how I was planning my life was more to do with when I do this, then I'll be great. When I do this, then I'll be great. When I do this, I'm going to be this. Whereas now, when those things come, it's a great achievement, but it, has, it doesn't make me happy. I'm not happy because of those things. And do you think almost like you yourself have come to that realisation um, and previously that might have been something that has been projected onto you? Uh, I don't know if it's been projected. I think it's just, I think it's just what, how uh, things inspire, like how, how I was inspired. I think as I was growing up, I kind of wanted a specific lifestyle for myself. And sure. And how it looked at the time was if you had this, if you had this, if you had this. Um, And that's how it looked. And no one taught me any differently. Did that come from your peer group as well around you? That what you saw, what's on the media? Was that inspired Mm. by that? No, I didn't have any of that. I didn't see any of that around me. I was one of the first people in my family to get married. I was one of the first people in my family to get a degree. You know, like I felt... that that to me was an unobtainable goal. I I was just literally saying to my partner the other day, I never even thought about university. It was never it was never something I even thought about. I thought, you know, I'm going to finish school, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to get a job. Like I never even believed. Not that I didn't believe. I just didn't. This wasn't something that we talked about in my family. Yeah. No one had done it. So it just was, it was more about, you know, you go and get a job. And it's only until I started working and I moved out of home at 17 due to overcrowding and I got a job. I was doing beauty therapy. I finished beauty therapy and I was like, okay, I'm bored now. Like, let me just get a job. And I got a job working with Harvey Nichols. Um, and it's like the most like a prestigious place to work and so forth. And I felt lucky to be there. And, and a lot of the people there were part-timers and I was a full-timer. Um, and they were all at uni. I was like, why is everyone mm-hmm. at uni? Like, well, I don't get it. Like, what's going on? What's, what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Why are you guys not making your money? Like, by this time, I'm like, got my own, I've got like, I'm in like, um, so I was living in like an independent living for, um, for young people. Mm. And I had a car and I was working full time. I was paying rent. Like I had already had a credit card. Like I didn't know who these people are. Like what is uni? I don't understand. <laughs> like it was confusing to me. Um, and then I just was like, like I made good friends. Like some of my best friends come from there. Um, and so I just literally was like, okay. Let me just check this out. What's this about? And then I just, just I did an open university degree, which was so hard doing it. What was it in? Childhood and youth studies. So the study of behavior from childhood to adulthood. And, and how has that how impacted you present day now in terms of how it feeds into what you do? I understand you're, you're teaching, you're in education. Um, so basically I work in behavior management um, in the schools. Um, but also what I do with my coaching practice as well is about positive behavior. So I um, focus on how we can improve our behaviors for us through self, understanding self-awareness, understanding emotional intelligence and how that can better our journeys. Um, so that focus on behavior is the thing that I find most interesting. Um, and I talk about the self-love process. I, I tell myself, everyone that I'm a self-love activist. That's kind of what I do. Um, and that's kind of how it feeds all the way into my career. Failure or tea. Failure or tea. So, Sham, I'm really interested in how you're navigating your way around this blended family setup. Like, oh, how is that working out for you? Um, it's such an interesting journey because I remember when, okay, so 
let me speed through this. So when I broke up with my ex-husband, let's bear in mind that he was, I had been in a relationship for 18 years with one man. So I came out of that relationship going, I'm going to explore. I'm going to have fun. Yes. Yes. Living. I am going to have fun. Who is my targets? And um, I literally kind of like, I didn't want a relationship, but I did want somebody that would be a regular friend of mine. I'm assuming like you got together at 19. He would have been like... Yeah, at 17. 17. Like you would have only like... Hardly any experience. Right. Yes. So you've gone like 15 years <laughs> with one guy. Yeah. your friends, navigating the dating world and yeah. having their heart broken and going through all these ups and downs. And, you're and then like, everybody wow. was in a relationship when I was single. So I was right. like, okay, well, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so yeah, so I, I had a little bit of fun um, and then I got bored and I was like, okay, this is boring now. Um, I just, I can't be asked with all this kind of thing. Um, and I, no, what happened is there was somebody that I was having a friendship with, a good friendship, but you know, when you start developing feelings and I was like, oh, okay. I've never, I haven't felt this before. So maybe this means I'm kind of ready to take someone seriously. He wasn't the person to take seriously. So I kind of ended that situation, ended that friendship and decided that, you know, I was going to date with intention. So now I'm not dating for fun. I'm dating with intention. Oh, really nice way of putting it. Yeah. That's, that's literally how I, that's how I had it. That's how it was. But had you, had you had your fun? Was, was that girl, you? I had my fun, girl. <laughs> I ain't gonna hide it. <laughs> yes. I, caught, I decided I'm catching up with everyone else. <laughs> um, True. But no, I had my fun um, and I was like, okay, cool. This is great. But now I kind of want to date with intention. I started dating, well, it was a while actually, and I, was, I met somebody and I was like, oh, this guy's so great. He ticks everything on my, I had a list called chocolate, and it was a list of what I was looking for in a man. The chocolate <laughs> list. <laughs> it's a good list, girl. And I was like, oh, he ticks all these things on my list. And so I did all this kind of stuff. And on my list was, I wanted a man that had children already because I didn't want to have any more children. I didn't want him to want any more children. Mm. Um, and so that was definitely something for me that I was not interested in. Um, and so I dated this guy and I was just was like, okay, he is a great friend. Like he was literally like a male version of me. But this spark was just not there. There was no, no kind of like situation, no flame there kind of thing. And so we stopped, I stopped um, talking to him and I started talking to my current partner who I'd met on the school run. Um, and at the point I found out his age, I was like, I can't talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> How old was he? Well, at the time when I met him, what was I, 37? And he was 28, 29. Oh, wow. 29. So that's like eight years. Yeah. Um, well, the, yeah, well, he likes to say eight years. I say nine years. It's eight years and 10 months. But he likes to say, <laughs> he rounds it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rounds it up. <laughs> it's like, it's eight years. I'm like, mm, okay, it's more like nine. Um, but, yeah, so I basically was like, I can't take him seriously because he's really young. Like, I, like he's not going to be so immature and blah, blah, blah. So I was talking to my friends about him, and I was, like, saying, and he texts a lot. Like, I'm like, okay, this guy just texts too much. I need him to get on the phone. Um, and he just never called. He just texts all the time. Again, generational thing. Hmm. Um, and then one day he saw me and he beeped and then he called me and we had a long conversation and he was like, okay, I'm coming to meet you um, outside your house. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm outside your house. And I was like, you're not coming in my house. My kids are in here. <laughs> like, he's like, no, 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 I'm outside. So come down when, you know, you've set all the kids and I'm going to sit out here and wait for you. He did. He sat out there waiting for me. I went down. We're in the car for like three hours just talking wow. about life, what we, what we want now. And I was saying to him that, now I just want to see how things go and just want to like, you know, have some fun and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, 
no, I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. I said, like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to have fun. I've had fun. I'm coming up to 30. I want a serious relationship. Um, somebody that is wanting to, that can move forward, get married, blah, blah, whatever. I was like, okay. Okay. I said, okay, we'll mm-hmm. see how it goes. I said, we'll see how it goes then. And we did. And literally from start to now, it has been like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a different feeling I haven't felt before. And it's not just the whole, it's just, a, we just have a chemistry. Um, and as much as we don't agree on the same things, we don't come from the same generation and there's certain things he likes, certain things I like, our, our chemistry is pretty perfect. Mm. Um, and so then like, you know, I was introduced to the boys. He was introduced to the girls when we decided to make it official. So when we first started dating, officially dating, because I met him in the May and then we started officially dating. I think it was the 1st of September. It was carnival night. And, um, but we didn't tell anybody. We wanted to see how it was going to go. So people knew we were both dating, but no one knew who each other was. Um, And then we didn't go um, tell people about it until December. So by this time, we'd actually known each other for a while. Yeah. And then we started introducing the children to each other, to letting ex-partners know that we were introducing children to each other. And now we're just literally, it's just, it's just normal now. Now the, the boys are here every other weekend. Um, and that's our, that's our new normal. Our new normal is we're a huge blended family. They come when the girls are here. And then when the girls go to their dads, they're at their mum's. And so we always have every other weekend, just the two of us. That's good. So you still get that, that quality time to kind of still that build that. Time. Yeah. Cause it's, it was a part, it was part of one of the things I wanted to do was not necessarily create um, this list of goals of what needs to happen. It was more about what is the lifestyle that I want us to have and live. And one of the things was, I felt like it's important for us to have time and we're, we are well, some would say it's not fortunate, but I say it's, we're fortunate enough to have every other weekend where we can, we can li- line up the children to be away at the same time. And therefore we get time to be together in each other's presence without any interruption. I know so, previously you were kind of talking a little bit about sort of how tiring and exhausting things had been for you mm-hmm. prior, you know, to, to managing a lot of things, yeah. you know, just in your life and, and world. Is it similar now? I mean, I can see that you're making time for yourself, but can it still feel a lot sometimes? And yeah, what definitely. kind of strategies do you yeah, use it's, to cope? It's, there's, it's definitely, the weekends when the boys are here, there is no work. I cannot work. There will be no work done at all. Um, I'm pretty much in the kitchen most of the time because um, it's constant food cooking. <laughs> um oh god so like literally the house is literally upside down it doesn't get tidy till sunday i just don't waste my time um but then the kids bicker you know um my partner hides in the bedroom (laughs) 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 you know and um and literally and you know before and usually we have once a month we tend to take the kids out and if you've ever done a trip with four children and two adults you know what the cost is even just for a cinema trip is like major yeah, for sure. But we, we, we kind of manage it really well, but in the, that weekend we just, we don't devote any time to anything other than allowing the kids to, to get on each other's nerves and run around and bond and whatever else they do. Um, but I'd still get tired. Um, yeah. but, I have, but I've learned how to stop and breathe. I've learned how to stop. Like I don't do um, one-to-one clients anymore. Was that taking a lot from you in terms of energy, time? Time. It took time away from the family. It took time away from me having my own, my own time, my own writing. You know, um, I'm in the middle of writing a book and it was stopping me from my progress of writing my book. It was stopping me from writing my blogs. And it was, it was just taking up time. And if you have children, anyone that has children listening, they will know that to try and stop a seven-year-old from coming into the room when they need something, when you're on the phone to a client, it just wasn't working. 
Yeah, just just forget it. <laughs> just forget it. <laughs> it wasn't working. I was just like, this is so unprofessional. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I just decided that I'm not going to do that because actually I really like to teach. Um, and so I started just focusing on the group activities. Um, and if I do a one-to-one client, it's usually on strategy. And that's usually like once or twice a month. And okay. I don't take on a lot of those. So it's just about how I work my diary. And, and have you found that you've had to scale down your business because you've taken on more within the personal arena or you just built it in a different way or upscaled it differently? I built it differently. Hmm. So I don't have one-to-one clients anymore. I do group coaching. Um, and so a lot of that is like, I was doing at the time one a month. So it would be like a Sunday. It was usually a Sunday. Um, and it would always be the Sunday where I don't have the children. So although it took time away from my partner, he's quite happy to do that because it meant that he got time to play FIFA. Oh my god. I feel there's some sort of addiction in FIFA. (laughs) Something in it, they put in it, something. Yeah, I'm telling you. But but the thing is he doesn't get he actually doesn't get any time really in the house alone. So for him, it was it's important for him that I go off and do my Mm. thing. Because he, he is he's always in the house with with us. Um and so it, he loves it. That's his time. Like, you, you're having a workshop this weekend. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing any Instagram lives. <laughs> like, he, he, that's his moment. He'll be like, you know, or he'll be like, I'll be tired. I'll be like, oh, go, I'm going to bed, baby. He's like, okay, honey, do you want me to lie down with you? I'm like, no, no. He's like, no, I'll lie down with you. I know he's going to sneak out of the bed as soon as I fall asleep. <laughs> like, yes, yes lad. She's sleeping. Sneak out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've just, yeah. I've just, I've just done the biz, work the business around my lifestyle and what works for me. And I'm writing more. So I'm getting paid to write now as well. So I can do that with people running around. I don't need quiet time for that. My mind is always going. My imagination is always working. So I can easily do that while the kids are running around or doing anything, but I don't, I can't do one-to-one clients. It's not yeah. for the clients, to be honest. I can't give them that time. So Sean, despite what it looked like at 34 to be the end of your world and, and everything you dreamed and hoped for, you, mm-hmm. you, you've got to you've turned it around and, and you're back on track and you seem really happy. Would, what, what does the next 10 years look like for you? Do, do you think you'd, you get married again would you, would you consider marrying your partner and um I actually joked about it the other day and said we should just get married now because actually no one will come to the wedding you know that would be my that. ideal wedding as well <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> um me too. do you know I am open to being married again um, if he asked, I would say yes. Um, I love him. I do think he's, we are, our chemistry is on point. I don't see, um, but we just don't know, isn't it? You don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to be like, oh, we just never know what could happen. It could go wrong. It could go wrong. It could go right. But I think you get married for, um, for love. You get married for family. You get married for many reasons. You get married to, you know, stand in front of, God and your family to say this is the person I choose um and so I'm open to getting married again but it's it's not it's not like if we don't it's not gonna I'm not gonna feel you know sad about it I feel like I've got everything I want right now in life um and so it's just it's not it's not a necessity yeah mm. and um with in terms of your your career and your business Mm-hmm. It, do you think you'll probably still be doing the same thing or can you imagine that evolving into something else um I think I do have my my business goals still and I would eventually not necessarily want to um be employed I like being employed but I'd like the idea of writing full-time and workshops full-time um, but and still working more consultancy, I think. 
that's kind of where I'm heading. I'm heading towards working, doing more consultancy behavior work, behavior management work in schools um, on a consultancy basis and, and focusing solely on my writing and my workshops and speaking. And that's where I'm, I'm work. That's what I'm working towards. I don't think I'll ever stop. I think it's really good for, for me in terms of my own self work. Um, it's a constant reminder because I'm doing it with my clients. It's a constant reminder. It reminds me, actually, you haven't done something for yourself today. You're telling someone else, but you haven't done it. Or yeah. you're telling someone to write their goals down. Did I write my goals down? So it's a constant reminder of making sure that I stay on track in where I need to be as well as my job with my clients. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm happy. You, you were saying earlier that um, the only thing that you, you don't have um, is you don't own a property. Is that still important to you? Is that something you're aspiring to as well? Um, yes. Uh, yes, but it's not. Yes, but if I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not caught up about it. I'm not caught up about if I, if I don't achieve these things. I don't, I don't rely on society to tell me anymore what is what is expected of me at that at this age yes or what will be expected of me at 50 i have a vi- oh my 50 vision is even bigger than my my 40 vision yes, um, darling. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is um i have a whole i, I, I don't want to disappoint myself um but i do have like a huge vision for when i'm 50 or what I, my expectations are but again now let's it, hear it what, what is it what yeah. is on that 50 <laughs> give it to for? us at 50, my children are no longer dependents. I will have an 18-year-old and a 26-year-old. And my job, looks, my job as a parent looks very different at that age. It's now on a point of guidance. Um, and I'm looking forward. I'm so enjoying the age that my daughter's at where she's now coming on to 16. I'm really enjoying the topics of conversations that we have. And so... For me, when I visualize that, it's those types of conversations with my children um, where we are, so they can articulate what they're going through and I can kind of um, talk to them about my experiences and what, you know, give them advice and that kind of thing. It's traveling more. It's deciding what it is that I want to do. Like um, one of the things that me and my partner do every year since we've met is we travel um, away every October. Um, and so just the two so, of you. Just the two of us. We travel away. Every October we go away. Um, I'm hoping Corona doesn't mess up our business this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think it's really important for me at 50, I want to be feel like I don't want to have any financial restraints. I don't want to have any um, parental restraints. <laughs> I don't want to have any career restraints. Uh, I just, I feel like my, my feeling at 50 is freedom. Mm. And as much as my children are a blessing and I love them dearly, I am looking forward to when I'm no longer the, the, their sole caretaker. Yeah. It sounds like you want, you want the life back. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready to take care of myself. Like, you know, I I think it's, my friend said to me, it's because I'm in a position now where I don't have my kids every other weekend that I get like a glimpse of what it's going to be like when they move out. And so I'm just kind of like, oh, this is bliss. And and they will call me and I'll speak to them on the phone. They'll be at their dad's. I mean, what child, what children do you know? I don't know if any of your, your guests or your listeners, my children are always begging to come home. (laughs) <laughs> like that house is supposed to be the fun house. Like, oh dear. Uh, just like, you've been there for one day. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, give me a break. <laughs> let uh, me miss you. Just let me miss you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they just don't give me a break. So I kind of feel like I do have this, like, feeling like, when I have these moments like this weekend, like I can kind of chill and do my own thing. And I have that feeling that this is what life is going to be like when I'm 50. Um, and me and Jeff will just go traveling and 
we'll have like fun times and we'll go to work and we'll come in. It'll just be the two of us to have a microwave meal. I don't have to cook anything. Like, girl. <laughs> it's true. The good life. You know, the good that's life. the good life to me. That's what I'm looking forward to. It's not even about the house or the car or any of those things. It's lifestyle. Like I'm really looking forward to the lifestyle of actually just not having anyone, not having to like be depend, anyone be dependent on me that I can just do me, but still mm-hmm. kind of just be like, oh, girls, do you need anything from mommy? No, okay, bye. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to do what my mom does with me. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what do you think you would tell your younger self in hindsight now, in retrospect? Mm, that's a good question. I think what I would say. And it's probably the advice I do give to others. I would say that when you are setting your goals, they're yours and they shouldn't be dependent on other people. Your goals are your individual goals. And when you start making goals that are dependent on other people, like I want to have a baby, I want to get married, I want to buy a house. Those things have to be independently um, I think I set my whole, my whole vision based on somebody else having to also be a part of that vision. And I didn't think for a second, if that person doesn't want to be a part of the vision, that I wouldn't be able to achieve those things. If you get what I mean, I don't know if I'm making yes. sense. But I think my, I would say, set your goals, set your goals high, set your goals big, go for them. But remember, you're relying on yourself and only yourself. You cannot make goals that are dependent on other people. Those, those are dreams. They're not goals. Yes. And I think it's quite easy to get confused between your dreams and your goals. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of what this kind of podcast kind of looks at is, you know, what's yours? What's truly yours? Yeah. You know, and, and what is like manifested outside of your, your being, as it were. Just because I love how you talk about feeling as well, because I think we miss, miss that aspect in all the things that we aspire to. What, what we really want from them is how they make us feel rather than what yeah. we actually get from them. It's so important. Like, I, I, I feel like emotional intelligence is so underrated. Like, I feel like everything I've learned, I've learned about, I had to learn how I react to different situations. Like, what makes me really angry? What, like, one of the things I've, major things that I've learned um, is that, okay, I grew up in a, a home where, there was domestic violence and so one of the things I was always on my thing is I I don't ever want a man or any authority figure to talk down to me and if they did my response would be quick and sharp my ex-husband is quite soft in his approach we never argued that's the thing we never had any big arguments our arguments were talking like you know maybe a little sass with the talking but it was just talking. We, he, he never raised his voice. We never shouted, none of that. So with me and Jeffrey, like when I tell you, me and Jeffrey are passionate. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking, when he's talking to me, he's like, he's like a strong African man. So when he's talking to me, he's talking with passion. Yes, but Charmaine, you need to do this. And, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> hey. Hey, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I do. I have to, I, I, like, I, I have to go, whoa, hello, stop. Stop so I can breathe. Because right now I'm going into literally defense mode and I'm going to attack. And so literally we have had to, like we've done, we done foundation work from really early because we've both been in, in relationships. Like his previous relationship was a very fiery one and, and, my, and mine wasn't necessarily fiery, but I had gone through this, this trauma. And so we've both gone through these traumatic situations. And so his thing was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step up my game. I'm not going to let no one talk to me and Aww. I'm going to be really powerful. And then I was like, whoa, that power, that power is not for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, calm down kind of thing. But I had to really learn that why am I reacting like that? He's just expressing what he's saying. But he's saying it in an assertive way. It's not aggression. And I had to kind of look at the difference. Like, this is not aggression. This is him being assertive. And that's fine. Um, and it doesn't mean that he's about to attack me or he's going to harm me in any way. Um, and so I 
it, it's just kind of like we did that from very early on. So now he, when he speaks to me, if he feels some type of way, he will just hold it for a bit. And he will say, babe, I'll talk to you about it later. Because he knows if he talks to me too hard, then I'm just going to be like, listen. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> so kind of, we just kind of, I've had to learn how, what are my emotional responses to certain situations and how do I stop those emotional responses? It's such an underrated thing is about looking at how we react to certain situations and our emotional yes. responses to them. Yes, and I suppose it feels a bit like you and your partner have got an art or developed a skill in being insightful about that. And I think a lot of us are sometimes lacking in, in that art form and being able to really understand actually we're reacting to something rather than this is what it is, yeah. you know? Um, exactly that, yeah. So exactly. I think maybe a lot of relationships would withstand a lot of um, hard times, as it were, if actually people could just see beyond, see the wood through the trees, you know, because yeah. sometimes it, that's all, it, like you say, it's not aggression, he's not going to harm me, he's being assertive, you know, and that's, that's positive because then, you know, because we can ridicule men for not being articulate about how they feel or expressing yeah. themselves, you know, so I think that's quite a powerful point. But as, as Sean mentioned, it, it comes from your own insecurities, doesn't it? So your own experiences of having someone yeah. be assertive has meant a really negative thing and you've had to learn your own yeah. defence against that. I think it's a real maturity thing, isn't it? To learn, actually, it's you and not the other person. It's trying to understand how you are responding rather yeah. than hmm. what they're yeah. saying. It's really, it's, actually, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy task, but I think it's so important. And we talked about it from very early. Like, you know, I think we actually started dating the 1st of September and we were already on a holiday together in October. And so we kind of literally had forced ourselves into a situation with someone we didn't really know and had to really build a foundation really quickly. But also, so we talked about a lot of the things that have bothered us in our previous relationships and how we wanted to overcome that in our new situation. Um, and we had those talks and we, talk, we, we talked about scenarios. Something would come up on Instagram. was like, well, what, how would you react to that? What do you think of this? What, this is how I would react, but this is how I feel. And, it was really, it's like really important to have those conversations very early on and being open and honest about them. But sometimes when we're in a new relationship, we're scared to kind of open up fully. Um, and I didn't feel that with him. With him, I was like, yep, this is what it is. And he was like, yep, this is how it is. And, and we we're very open from very early. And I think that that kind of allowed us to really kind of look at our emotional responses to situations. And you're both quite intentional in the beginning you know you both knew what you didn't want and I think once you've kind of eliminated what you don't want you know what yeah. you're working to and I think um you know sometimes it's quite easy to be in what I'll call like a flimsy loose relationship without mm -hmm. much boundaries in it so you're not willing to explore these things uh, yeah and, and, and talk about them in the early um so just in terms of I suppose bring it back to like you know coming of age at 40 um yeah. and and how that makes you feel now um how would you describe the life of Sham at 40? On my 40th birthday this year, I, Jeffrey threw me a surprise 40th birthday party. Um, my whole family were there. My friends were there. Work colleagues were there. It was the most amazing feeling ever that I'd ever felt. And in that mo, and he also took me, had the surprise party in my favorite hotel, which is by the river. Um, and I love everything to do with the river. And in that moment, it's weird to say this, but in that moment, I felt like I just had, I knew, not even felt like, I knew I had everything that I wanted. Like exactly where I wanted to be at 40, in that moment, I saw that I had everything. Like literally everything. I had the family I wanted. I had the big family without having to give birth to two of them. You know, I had, <laughs> I, you know, I had, I have the career and the job that I really love. I have great friends around me. I have family around me. I have, you know, like there was absolutely nothing. All the other things is so easily accessible. The house is easily accessible. You know, think these other things are easily accessible. But the things that I have now, now emotionally, how I feel emotionally, and and how. I serve Jeffrey and how he serves me. I, not everyone has that. 
And so yeah. at that point, when I walked in and everyone was like, surprise, at that moment, and just going through saying hello to everyone, I realized that I have every single thing that I've wanted at 14. Your story is really inspiring, Sharm. I think um, none of us really expect to have to go for divorce and then, and then start up a whole blended family within our 30s and to reach 40 in that vein and, and still actually be so happy with where we are and, and, and be able to reflect on where we come from with pride. So um, thank you for, for inspiring us with, with that journey. Thank you for it's having me. It's been great me. speaking to you this so afternoon. So amazing and insightful. It doesn't seem as inspiring to me, but then I guess I'm not on the other side, but it just it's just my life. But thank you so much for having me on. I think you'll find a lot of people can relate to, to your life and what you've been through. So um, <laughs> I think this is a great episode. Failure at 40. 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 Failure at 40.